You're listening to the Pitch Invasion Podcast, the podcast for football tribalists. Welcome back to Pitch Invasion, and we've just had a lengthy chat about uh, African football, but now we're going to turn our attention to European football, and starting in England, where uh, I, I know we, 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 we wanted to start with the, the, the London derby, uh, the North London derby, rather, uh, where Kola's team continues uh, to win, but uh, I have to, I simply have to, Start with Divo Corrigi coming on, and six minutes. Desperate times call after. for desperate measures. Listen, six gracious. minutes. Someone, someone asked me all this Salah money. Someone asked me out of the shadows when he came on. Yeah, is still at Liverpool? You know, I had no thought idea. he was on loan somewhere. And I was like, no, nobody took him. He was at Wolfsburg last season, and you know, he did fairly well there, but. He don't got he then got injured. Nobody uh, took him, and then no one took him, and he's walked his way uh, back. And to think that. You know, the last we remember Origi doing so well for Liverpool was against the same Everton mm. before he got injured. He had this great run of yeah. form, scoring against Dortmund and all that, and then, you know, scored against Everton, got injured in that game, and ever since he's been struggling. So, what a way to announce himself back. First of all, he comes on, and, and you know, something funny. Uh, I mean, Klopp took, took out uh, Shakiri, then took out Salah, and took out Firmino. So you'd imagine that, you know, who's going to score the goal for yeah. for them and, you know, um, the most unlikely uh, fellow Divock and, you know, for me, I think his persistence and, you know, just how he waited for the mm. opportunity and just took it, mm. um, you know, big credit to him and, you know, maybe he might just kick on from there and then you start looking at maybe Liverpool doesn't need to, because they've struggled with, with goals this season, yeah. maybe they need to shake things up a bit and not just rely on that front three. Maybe start playing with an, an out-and-out striker again. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, even before that goal, I, I thought he did well. There was a time when he ran free and then tried to set up money. And, you know, you, you just you just see a player yeah. who, uh, sometimes they say, come at the, the hour, come at the, the, the man. This was just the, vintage. And this time came the king. Came the king, yeah. The new king, yes. <laughs> Would you really say, come at the hour, come at the man? God, that's really cometh from the shadows. I mean, it's not like this guy was waiting in the wings and, Ajay, you know, Ajay, he's been waiting for Ajay, his chance to play. Ajay might not, Klopp might not, had no choice. Ajay he had might no not choice. play for Portugal again, but they will never forget his goal. Exactly. Like Origi. <laughs> Look, Story scored that goal against... against. Uh, and then that was it with Daniel Sturridge. Against Chelsea. Everybody thought... Mohamed Salah is back, back among the goal, goals. Yeah. Everyone... Sees that okay, look, he's always gonna get goals. But, but who will forget if something if something happens at the, at the end of this season? It's what I've been saying about Liverpool. <laughs> Outside of that trio, in fact, can we stop saying trio? Let's say duo, because Firmino for me has just been a no factor this season. Outside of that, Mane and Salah yeah. duo, right? Where else are the goals coming from? Well, you've, and you got an answer, <laughs> <laughs> right? I've got an unlikely answer. Right? Yes. So that's my problem with where they're coming from, uh, who they're coming from, when they're I mean? coming. But you know, you know, it's Baba. a it's a big deal that you can, um, you know, typically you. I remember when when Nigeria crashed out of the World Cup in '94, we had Amokachi and Amonike who were like two of our biggest uh, forward players. Mm. The Italians deliberately injured them. And Westhoff did say to me, who was a coach, said, you know, he looked at the bench and there was a Kweba and there was a Fanny Cook and he like, no, 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 I said, brought on two midfielders. I mean, for Klopp, most people will be, will be thinking, okay, who does he bring on in mm-hmm. this game? Does he bring on guys and say, let's try and manage it one point? Yeah. Liverpool needed to keep winning for anyone to have a relationship. But you can, of course, you told me Klopp, but Klopp I'm saying, had an, the, the ace up his sleeve was, you know what? I'll take all my big guns out and I'll put a ring. Yeah, but that, that's, that, the, that's the point I'm coming to. I'm saying that I'm saying that he brought on storage and brought on brought on Origi. Yeah. You know, for any team who prepared. Was he had on I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying that if any team prepared for, for those. Where's Solanke? Those, 
What happened to Solange? He wasn't there. <laughs> if, if anything prepared for those three, yeah. and suddenly there's Divock and, and Storage, you might be thinking, okay, so the threat is gone. Mm. But but right now, after what Storage did against Chelsea and what Origi did yesterday, you know, even for the coach, it'll be like, you know, sometimes he has to be brave enough yeah. to say, let me rest Firmino. Yeah. And, and play with Rigi or, or whoever, and you never know. I mean, you could have. I mean, they've got a big Champions League game uh, in the Premier League. Yeah, you touched on. We'll see what, how far you touched on how important this victory was for Liverpool. And let's. I mean, had they dropped more points, City would have been what five, five points. points yeah, yeah. And once you give City that much of a margin, it's it's very difficult to catch up. You can't uh, catch them you know, up. Even if you are Arsenal and unbeaten in, in however many games, a very important victory for Liverpool. Uh, I think maybe just just as important as uh, that four-two win for Arsenal, Ola. You know that was. A very, very big game. It was a strange game. game of football. It was a strange game of football. But you know what? I think Una Emery is slowly, slowly announcing himself in this league mm-hmm. in a big way. Because now you look at it this way, right? We've played four of the top six teams. Yeah. And we've taken four out of 12 points, right? Which is not bad considering that, you know, the first game was against the champions at home. And the other game was away at Chelsea, which is never easy. And we could have won that game. We held Liverpool with all their attacking threats that everybody says they have. And, you know, we stopped Spurs, who just turned, Ch- who just turned Chelsea over, you yeah. know, a week before that. So this game, to me, I think highlights Unai Emery's tactical genius because he played three at the back. Nobody saw that coming. And, you know, wh- one thing that also I-, I think most fans were speaking about is the Ozil exclusion in this game because, you know, what does it mean for oh, Ozil? Big, and yeah. I think, you know, Ozil's a good player, but I just don't think he's got that blue collar that is needed to survive in that league. He doesn't have that you know, do or die, you know, come off the pitch with, you know, a, a scratch all over, you, you know, your body sort of a approach, which that game, as you saw, literally, you needed to, you know, put in blood, sweat and tears in that game. And I don't think Mesut Ozil is that sort of a player yeah. in that sort of a game. And in fact, even the game before that, he, you know, he didn't play him. So what does that mean for Ozil going forward with Unai Emery? To be honest with you, I think Ozil might he might feature and play, you know, those games against Watford, those games against Cardiff. But in those games where, you know, outside of ability, outside of talent, but heart comes into play, effort, I don't think you'll see Mesut Ozil anywhere near the Emirates Stadium. But in terms of the game itself, you know, look, it stretches our unbeaten run. And, you know, it puts us where we want to be. Look, I'm not saying Arsenal are going to win the league at the start of the season. But the key thing for Arsenal now is to resurrect uh, an image, yeah. right? And that image is we are now a team that is you know, back in the mix, whether it's in the top four, whether it's challenging for the league. And under Wenger, we sort of lost that. That's why the smaller teams, you know, we lost that, you know, coat of armor in terms of fear. And, you know, smaller teams, Crystal Palace, Swansea, all those teams were taking three points, not just a point from us. So now, you know, having beaten Spurs, taken a point from Liverpool and pushed Chelsea to the wire, you know, how can you not see Arsenal as, you know what, this is Arsenal's back yeah. in town. They're back in business. And I mean, you're right. It's 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 a great point you make because it's it's, it's a, been a very long time, very long time since I've said that going into a, a game against Arsenal as a United fan, I actually fear Arsenal. And you know, we've got Arsenal coming up soon, and I I, I don't I don't know how we are going to contain the soldiers. And the, and I use the word soldiers because I think Unai Emery has turned his players into soldiers, people who are willing, as you say, to have that blue collar, which is something that Arsenal haven't had for a very long time. No, and that's why we've been losing to teams. Like yeah. I said, what, I mean, Troy Deeney had a comment, I think it was last season. Oh, I remember that, About, yeah. uh, you know, he knows when they play Arsenal, the guys, you know, they, I can't use the word, but... Yeah. No, he said, he, said, he said they lack cojones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they lack cojones, right? So... 
you know, now that, I mean, you look at guys like Lucas Torreira, you know, you look at Socrates, those sort of guys that bring in that steel. In it the also spine, helps that they sound you know? like legend, legend, you know, exactly. soldiers from, yeah, from, yeah, 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 like, <laughs> from yesterday. You know I mean? like from ancient Greece. <laughs> exactly. Help, you know? Well, Torreira has been brilliant. I mean, no, he really has been. I don't, I mean, not Three just, men not, of the matches in a row. You know, he was a winger before, so... You know, sometimes you only look at the dirty work that he does, but he mm. finds himself in space and he dispatches that goal with so much. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time a, a defensive midfielder in England got three Man of the Match awards in a row. Now, can I, in, can in I, can I bring where, that back? You know, can I bring that back? Yeah. I, I'm going to go back to N'Golo Kante, right? And, and, and N'Golo Kante. We, we said this uh, last week and I don't want to go too deep into it. And I said that, you know what? I beg to differ with N'Golo Kante because I'm not the biggest fan of N'Golo Kante as a whole, as a football player. As a defensive midfielder, N'Golo Kante is the best in the world at clearing up and at stopping play. But it ends there. That's it. And when I look at Chelsea this season and their shortcomings have come from the fact that even Jorginho, I'm going to add Jorginho to this, mm. right? Those guys, Jorginho is very good at passing the ball, right? Very good at uh, setting up play. Kante, very good at, you know, breaking up play, very good at defending. But it's the Premier League, guys. You need more than that, right? You definitely need more than that. So as good as Kante is at stopping goals, he might have to come up with a goal himself. As good as Jorginho is good at playing the ball forward, mm. he might have to come back and make a few tackles. So that versatility that uh, Lucas Torreira brings to Arsenal... That is what Arsenal has lacked, right? That guy who can go back, still do the dirty work, but still can go forward and assist and create and even score, which is what you saw uh, against Tottenham. So to me, honestly, if you're asking who's the best midfielder in the Premier League right now and you don't have Lucas Torreira on your list, I'm sorry. As the best? As the best Premier League midfielder. Three man of the matches in a row. Mm. That is not an, that, that, That's not easy, guys. That's not easy. Not even forwards get three. When was the last time Messi got three men of the matches? Okay, I know he did it in the Champions League, but I'm yeah. saying in the no, league. No, don't, don't try and bring Messi into this. No, I'm just saying. But does, does Messi or Ronaldo get three men of the matches in a row? Don't bring Messi into it. Messi, 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 Messi is man of the match almost every game. Yeah. League game? He's, he's, yeah. he's so consistent that even if somebody else gets so voted... Are we saying Torreira's at that level then? No, he's not. So <laughs> no, saying, we definitely not are saying that. You are saying I'm saying don't try and bring that into... Don't bring Messi into that equation at all. Because we know what has happened. But can I say something? compare him to Ronaldo he's, can I say something it's impossible oh Arsenal board you know, you know what I see happening you know Torreira's gonna play at Arsenal for another season and then there comes Man City with a 60 million bid offer <laughs> we've got a new sort of a, you know technical um, directors we've got a new you know um, directors of football and so mm. forth guys the last thing I need to see is Lucas Torreira on the last year of his contract you know, I'm, or I'm, Barcelona I'm, I'm coming so, I'm and really happy. Up. I'm really Can happy you mentioned him? that. I'm happy you mentioned that because I'm, trying, I'm thinking the elite, maybe the three, four elite uh, uh, football teams, elite in terms of, I guess, talent and what they're doing at the moment around Europe. I'm looking at Barcelona, their midfield. They've got over 30-year-olds. Uh, Real Madrid have got over 30 year olds. Mm. City have got uh, some over 30 year olds. Some over 30 year olds as well. Fernandinho in so there. That, that position, that position that Torreira plays, that position that maybe a, a Christian Eriksen oh, plays goodness. in the next two or three seasons is going to be so prime. So many teams are going to be knocking on doors looking for those type of players. I don't care what that, the amount is, was, honestly. <laughs> even if it was 150 million, yeah. right? You, it, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to sign quality players with yeah. you can ask Spurs when they solve Gareth Bale yeah. if they you know sign the quality so it's not about the money but it's about the influence that guy has and he's only 23 years old yeah. only 23 years old so we saw him at the walk up and yeah. saw yeah. just how good he, he was and I was surprised that some of the bigger teams didn't try 
and the fee that you we know? paid. Yes. The fee. Honestly, Arsenal's best That's signing in the Arsenal. last decade. Best lo- decade, best signing. <laughs> exactly. They, they, it was a vintage Arsenal signing. <laughs> and I think that, you know, I think that Unai Emery has done something um, to this Arsenal team. You know, he talked about getting them to press. And I think that's one of the reasons why, why it, at crucial games, also has to sit out. Because, you know, you find this team, they were really competitive yesterday. There was a moment where I saw Sissoko, you know, rather than go forward, they were going back backwards and passing the ball back himself and Ericsson and... and, and, and yeah. And all, they were all passing the ball backwards rather than try, trying to go forward because Arsenal were just... Just on them. How, how difficult has his? Let's admit, now. I'm trying to. I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. How difficult has his job been, though, in terms of what he he inherited from from from? Was it from? You, you, you cannot underestimate how difficult it's been because remember, he didn't have much of a budget to start off mm-hmm. with. Number one, right? So it's not like a Chelsea or Man City here where oh, here's 200 million and uh, who would you like us to get yeah. for you, right? He comes in there. Remember, they had signed players before yeah. he even got there. So, and he has to work with what he has. And on top of that, forget the practical side of things. What the, the mental side of things is also just difficult because he has to get guys out of a state of, you know, um, always, you know, there were lapdogs in the team. You know, there were guys that always knew they were going to start, guys that always knew they were going to get game time. So he had to change the culture around of Arsenal. So for him to come in, change the culture, change the style of play, and also change just the atmosphere for the fans. You know, I mean, Arsenal fan TV, these days, you know, you don't, I don't see, even watch it. You anymore. don't see any more yeah, rent. So anymore. Actually, you know what I mean? Actually, so boring. They all changed happy. a lot. Actually, Arsenal fan TV thrived on that. I tell you something. Last year, I was at Ice Sports Connecting at Wimbledon, and the guys from from Arsenal uh, Digital were there. And you know, the one question everyone wanted to ask, no one could ask, and I did ask him as the director. And you know, his explanation of how difficult it, it was for them. Uh, with how Arsenal Fan TV became was something that everybody wanted to to, to get, and yeah. you know this was built on that whole whole thing. And then you know you look at the whole Wenger out brigade. Mm. This looks like you know maybe they were right all along because mm. yes they haven't won anything. That's yes they point. probably still have a lot to do. But you've seen that level of of um, performance mm. and still that Arsenal suddenly has, which has been lacking because. In terms of how they play, I think they're probably one of the most exciting teams to, to watch. But to actually see them fight for points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, at the point they were down 2-1 in that game. And you think with the way Tottenham blew away mm-hmm. Chelsea the previous week that, you know, this something was coming. Yeah. But that second half, I thought Arsenal were on a different I mean, look level. at it this way. We're talking about, you know, uh, Torreira, the midfield, the defense, Unai Emery. We haven't even started speaking about Aubameyang mm-hmm. and Nakazet up front, yeah. you know. That deadly Jew, I mean, 50 million apiece. You know that's a bargain if you ask me. And, and, and on, one, on a given the, night, the one guy you, you, haven't, spoke, you haven't spoken about is, is Ramsey. Oh, you know, I yes. think Arsenal needs to do whatever it takes to keep him because, I mean, he had a hand Sells. in and the goals. And no, well, I, I think just keep them. You you got to play. Yeah, if you want to get back into the Champions League, yeah. you need to have enough quality uh, on your bench. And I think you know having uh, Ramsey, um, Ozo, and Iwobi, you have three players who can create. Um, Chances. Yeah. The other problem with selling Ramsey is that, you know, he's become a stalwart of the team, right? And, you know, to sell guys like that, that have been there, done that at the club, who's, 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 who's never a good idea. 
Well, the, right now, the, the club captain, it was given to uh, Mustafi, yeah. right? It, before it was Koscielny, then he got injured, then they've given it to Mustafi. But then there have been some bizarre decisions where thinking, Ozil has been captain because I'm, think, I'm games, thinking, so. you speak about Ramsey being a stalwart, he's he's the type who can be your captain for, yeah, for the next five years. The problem with him is that, you know, he struggles with injury as well. And, and also, almost like, like Henderson, well. he doesn't mm. play all the games. Mm. Mm. So you, you'll find, um, you know, I think eventually... Um, amongst the guys that are settling in there, the coach will decide, you know, uh, I mean, he will decide eventually, just like in sports, they have a lot of players who should be there, but, you know, the keeper always starts. So, yeah. Um, you know, he's been the best. With Arsenal, even at the point, Peter Cech could probably uh, yeah. be the captain of the team, but you've seen, uh, you know, Leno step up uh, big time for Arsenal and maybe also if he's able to, you know, find consistency yeah. because he's, he's, I mean, that might be the, the what you need to get the best out of him mm. if he knows that he has responsibility as the leader of the team. The problem with Ozil is that when he's there, there are days when he produces it. And why, don't you, why, why can't you just be motivated, period? Why Why does it... That's my problem with uh, guys like Mercedes Ozil, players like him, is, you know, often they need so many incentives for them to, you know, either perform well or to put in a shift. You know, why can't you just turn up with that attitude? And that is what Unai Emery is cutting out at Arsenal. He's cutting out those players that, you know, were babied under Arsene Wenger. He's cutting out all those players that, you know, had ridiculous demands, you know, or in terms of how much they should play. How do you invent so a, word, a word babied and associated with Arsenal, with Arsene Wenger? <laughs> <laughs> well, another another marker, I guess, of, of Arsenal's progress is how they go to Old Trafford and set up. Um, because I think we've seen in the past that Arsenal have gone to United and even in the best of form have just literally folded against against not so great United teams of, of recent times. Uh, I guess that will be a mark of how far they've come. Uh, I do expect them to win, uh, even at United. But I think the bigger game will be City and Chelsea. Uh, bigger in the sense that the last time Chelsea played a big, a big side, they were literally blown out the water. Where City are just, they, they, they are a machine that is, yeah, at the are. moment, just unstoppable. I don't know who's going to stop that City team. They, yeah. I mean, this last weekend when they were down to 1-1, mm. you, you would think that, okay, maybe we'll see something there. Because that yeah. equalizing goal was uh, from, from uh, Bournemouth mm. was really good. Uh, but second half, they were just... City were just unplayable. How good has Leroy Sane been in the last... Not years? just Sane, also Sterling as well. Yeah. Sterling has you know, also been... Sterling. And they... Wow. I mean, um, I, I just think that they... You know, they, they... I mean, they could afford not to even start Aguero in that mm. game. Because he wasn't on the bench. You know, he wasn't on the bench. I mean, uh, City... And this is also a City side that has been without, you know, the, 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 the regular services of Kevin De Bruyne for... Yes, uh, no maybe a year Bruyne, now. No, and, I mean, and, and no company as well. hasn't been there. Otamendi hasn't been there. I, I, I really, really do not you, see anyone. You know, the, one of the geniuses that um, Pep Guardiola has in him that I often feel is very underrated, mm. right, is the fact that this guy always puts his uh, his players on their toes. Yeah, he keeps them as much as he keeps the fans and the, you know pundits guessing. But he keeps the players guessing. I mean, last season Otamendi was you know one of the best centre backs mm. in the Premier League. This season, he hasn't featured. Yeah. No way. And same with Sane. Sane started off this season having to watch from the bench. Yeah. And somehow, he's put him back into the team. Before you know it, Mahrez will come back in the yeah. team. And he did the same thing with the whole Gabriel Jesus and Aguero uh, the season ago. And, yeah. um, you know, you, you almost feel that Klopp has this way of getting the best out of his players by making them not comfortable. 
There is nobody. I'm sure Klopp. I'm sure Klopp does because now even you look at Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. As much as he's a, you know, he's arguably you know top two or one of the best players. He might you know. Come no, he's, he's the, the best player. He, he might he's definitely the best player. He, he yeah. might come back into the team and Klopp might say, okay, well look, you know, uh, Pep, you mean, this uh, is Pep. Uh, yeah. Sorry, a uh, uh, Pep. Might come See, in. he's loving Liverpool. <laughs> no, I've been baptized with this nonsense of Liverpool, right? <laughs> he might uh, come into the situation where he looks at uh, De Bruyne and thinks, well, look, I've been playing this way mm. and we've been getting results and grinding it this way. I've set up my team in this way without you. It might be difficult to put you back yeah. in. So that's the one thing that I really love about um, about uh, Guardiola is that he's yeah. always keeping his players on their toes and he keeps them guessing. Nobody's safe at Man City. Definitely. Hmm. Well, nobody's safe at Manchester City. Nobody's safe playing against Manchester City. I think this is going to be another game where Chelsea cannot simply afford to depend on the magic of Aiden Hazard again. Someone else maybe another two or three players will need to step up if they are to stop Manchester City, which I don't see happening. Uh, so I don't know if, if, if we are conceding that the, 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 the title has really been won uh, before December or in December, but uh, it's, it's one of those where I think City have certainly earned the praise that they are currently getting. By the time we speak again, I do believe we'll know who the 2018 Ballon d'Or winner is. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Okay. All right. And the rumor is there's no Ronaldo, there's no Messi. So it looks like it's wide open for done. maybe Modric to again take it, which would be an absolute shambles. I don't know what he's done since the World Cup. So. <laughs> he's done absolutely. Yeah, I think. I think. I don't know what he's done other than the World Cup. To be honest, <laughs> I think if we want to be realistic, um, I don't know. They're probably gonna give it to Mbappe. Maybe. Yeah. I hope they do. And, and we're going to be okay going to bed. Bap is the best player in the world. Uh, well, it's not as if... Usually, it's like a popularity contest, so... Yeah, yeah and he's matter. French, so... So, like anybody but Messi and Ronaldo this season will be fine. Okay, so that uh, on that point, we uh, close out uh, another episode of a Pitch Invasion. Good luck to... If you're a Pirates fan, if you're a Barocca fan, good luck to you. Uh, all the best going into the weekend. And uh, we'll be unpacking that final in the next episode. I'm Loaz Izikubu. Hola, Makwaza. And from Anfield. Always reminding you of Liverpool. Uh, we, we, we don't need any more reminders. That's it for today. Goodbye.